This episode is dedicated to all my friends at the Advisor and Source who now are out of a job. God bless and good luck. Any views or opinions expressed in interviews are those of the individuals speaking and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Ham Palace, its parent, or any of its affiliates or employees. I ain't saying I've been everywhere, done everything. All I can say is that man's got to be some kind of nut to think we're all alone in this crazy universe. <sighs> Especially down in the Ham Palace. It takes a certain kind of crazy individual to think he can humor the United States of America one podcast at a time. But look, I'm not saying he said everything that needs to be said, or he's not saying he said every joke that needs to be said. All he's saying is that it's a funny show, okay? This man comes up to me, says, Hey, Hambo, you think uh, you paid your dues? He said, Listen to Ham Palace number three. And yes, sir, the check is in the mail. Whoever's listening to this show, uh, there is no show anymore. Uh, and let me tell you why. Uh, this young student of mine, uh, last name Calderon, decided to uh, make fun of me, Mr. LaPierre, on air to the United States of America, for the whole nation to hear. So. He's not going to be around for the rest of his life. Uh, if anybody has any kind of problems with this, please email me at I don't care, Lapierre at screwoff.com. Okay? Because uh, he's not going to be around anymore. Because the last show uh, got about three listeners. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, that's right. Suck bad. So, uh, in fact, uh, he thought he, he could be, uh, buddy, buddy again. He thought he could be friends with me. It doesn't work that way. You know why? Because he'll always be a faggot. Okay? I gotta be honest. I don't like faggots. I don't. And he was definitely one. So he will not be back at the show. Um, he reported me to uh, certain individuals for hate speech. And I didn't like that too much. So I, uh... Wait, uh, what's going on here? What the heck's going on? Hello, hello, hello. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, Mr. Perrier, always trying to, uh, thwart my show. Um, he's not in control of my show. Uh, he, think he, he thinks he can just, uh, you know, take over from his computer. Um, 
from the library. <laughs> he doesn't know a thing about computers. So I don't know why he's trying to take over my show. I don't think he could do it. Although he had a pretty good uh, attempt there. Uh, so I'm back. Ham Palace number three. And uh, I'm not giving up uh, on this thing here. I had some uh, negative negative responses to uh, the last episode, which I thought was a solid episode, uh, give, or, give or take uh, some certain uh, celebrities. Um, thought it was con- I thought the content was pretty good. Um, honestly, I give it a lot. So this is going to be a normal, uh, if that exists, a normal podcast for me. This is going to, this is going to be kind of like a shooting from the hip episode. Um, every now and then, I think I'll drop a, a special, uh, a special episode bomb on you. Uh, but uh, because really, I mean, I, I can only afford to have the celebrities on here. I mean, Michael Caine is pretty expensive. I mean, I have to shoot him some money under, under the table these days. You know, and, uh, um, yeah, actually, he might be calling in if, if, uh, I think he's calling in right now. Here we go. Oh, boy. Hello. Yes, is this the man who calls himself Hambo? Why, yes, it is. Yes, well... The last episode was like an enormous dump in my pants. What happened there? Uh, I don't know. I've, Orson wasn't really uh, on form, I guess. It's, that's the main complaint. Um, right. Is he still eating the United States of America and the rest of Europe? <laughs> Look, I think he can eat what he wants to. I mean, obviously he's resurrected himself from the dead. I think I'd give the man plenty of credit there. Well, I don't care. Because the last episode just wasn't that funny. I mean, can you point out one single bloody funny line in that last episode? That was good? No. The whole thing... pretty dead in the water uh, these days as far as the work goes. Uh, looking for a summer job. You see, the work doesn't stop and start when you feel like it. Okay? You've got to go for it. Go for the work. Find the work. Where is it? I don't know. Probably got away from you yesterday. Well, sir, I mean, it... I don't know. I, I thought it was fine. I thought Orson eating people was a little one note, but I think it worked. Uh, you know, I had a couple angry uh, complaints uh, from a certain, certain uh, professor of mine. Uh, actually, I had a really good uh, advice from uh, my old biology professor about uh, talking to girls at Starbucks. Yes, well, uh, I've tried that once or twice. I can usually get a bird to come home with me. Really? That's impressive. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But usually it's the people in your family. Especially your mother's side. Which is the nicest side I've ever seen. Uh, I don't really have any sisters. Well, on your other mother's side. You know, the side that really had you. I don't know what she was bloody thinking, but, uh, it's a nice side. What? Yes, you were dropped when you were a child. You were an adopted baby. You were dropped on your head when you were a child. I went to Glory and I said, look, that baby might be worth something someday. Take care of him. (laughs) I was bloody wrong. Oh, thanks, sir. Look, uh, we got a lot to cover today, so, uh... Oh, I see. Just kick me off. Just like that. I see how you are. That's all right. I've got plenty of acting work. You don't. So. No, good day. 
You force me to be the comedic backbone of this show, and you bloody kick me off. Yeah. Um. He just pops up from time to time. Um. Yeah, I wasn't really ready or prepared. I didn't have any questions ready for him. Um. Nor was I into any of my segments. Um. I guess, uh, speaking of segments, I think I'm going to start with my first one. Um. Movies. Movies. Uh, what movies have I seen lately? Um. Right now, I can only think of two, and it's pretty pathetic. Uh, I haven't really been out to the theater probably since uh, Alice in Wonderland came out a few months ago. But I am looking forward to seeing this debacle, Robin Hood debacle. Um, partially because I hear he's got, Russell Crowe's got an Irish accent. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I mean, I don't think Russell Crowe and Ridley Scott can do wrong at this point as far as big epic battles I think I will get my money's worth so I do want to see that I still have to see this weird movie um, but I don't see the name of it on these billboards it's a huge 2 does anyone know about this 2 and there's like a red kind of robot guy behind this big huge number 2 I, I don't know it looks pretty neat though I mean maybe it's a CG movie I don't know this is 2 but uh I don't know. Um, movie on video that I missed last year as far as big releases is... Uh, and I, I kind of missed this on purpose. Uh, I did want to see Transformers too. I did want to see it just for the heck of it. Um, didn't have the money. So I made... I went to the... Dollar, no, I didn't even go to... No, I didn't, I didn't even go to the dollar store for this one. I went to the library. And I picked up... I hate to say it, I picked up G.I. Joe. <laughs> picked up G.I. Joe knowing it was going to be a disappointment. Put that sucker in. And, uh... First of all, I'd like to say, uh... Destro, Mr. Chris uh, Eccleson. I th hope I said that right. Um, does a great job. Does a good Scottish accent. Um... And, uh, really, um, the guy that played Duke was alright. I'd, I'd say he's playing him as, like, a straight-on soldier. Uh, someone that would be serving today in, uh, in Iraq or Afghanistan. But the thing is, and the big debacle about this, is that he really doesn't seem like the kind of Duke I envisioned from the cartoon, comic, or wherever. He seems too young, and he doesn't seem to be too commanding um I kind of envisioned someone like Howie Long to be, play this character and uh yeah so really I, you know I've talked about this with several friends and I, I don't understand why all the elite characters have to wear black in this and why uh the uniforms can't be color or at least green BDUs with some, uh, you know, color colorful markings, you know. I just don't get it. But anyway, uh, S Storm Shadow um, wasn't bad. Uh, he didn't really wear his mask a lot, but uh, he did a good job in the film. Um, what's his name? Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes, no complaints. Uh... All the fight scenes were were fight scenes. Nothing, uh, unfortunately, nothing really stood out. The only thing that stood out, and here's a spoiler, is that when Snake Eyes uh, finally kills Storm Shadow, you see more blood in this movie than you did in the movie Wolverine. I don't know why this is. They're both PG-13 movies. But yet there's more blood in this. I don't understand. When a blade hits human flesh, you see bloody lines. And in Wolverine, you couldn't have that. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, Wolverine puts his 
hand right through some Sabretooth's hand with his claws, and you don't see a shred of blood. You only see a little bit of blood in Sabretooth's mouth, just a little bit, but you're kind of mistaken. Is that his tongue, or is that blood? I don't know. Anyway. Really, all this movie really comes down to for me was the, the women. And, uh, Scarlet, hot. I like Scarlet a lot in this. No problems there. Um, I like the car chase scene where she shoots her crossbow. That was cool. Um, the Baroness. Very hot. She's getting it on with everybody in this movie. <laughs> um, Destro, um, this doctor guy, and, uh, Duke. So, um, again, um, I've talked about the, th I've talked about this with friends. I don't know why she doesn't have a Romanian-type accent, um, that she always had in the cartoon. Just would have been so much sexier. And, uh, and a good point, uh, is it possible for an American woman, well, um, an American woman to be a baroness? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, yeah, so really, the big thing here, here's another big spoiler, was the whole big turn of uh, Cobra Commander and uh, him going from just uh, uh, another one of uh, Duke's uh, battle buddies in the service to uh, Cobra Commander seemingly almost ever, over overnight um, he gets himself into this shed and he finds this crazy scientist on the verge of some kind of nanotechnology this little shed gets blown up and we don't see a lot more of him getting angry at Duke for this for not going to rescue him and, and it's just the movie begs for that um, a lot more explanation a lot more of an emotional turn for that character to go so opposite uh, of like uh you know of the good the good side and to go to the dark side so so extreme like that um also um the man who plays Zartan I believe in this movie it was leading up to something but I don't know what happened to him um Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. I love this guy. He's a good actor. Like, he always plays good villains. Who's in Hard Target? It's not coming to me. But, um... He also played the mummy. Um... In the newer movies. Anyway, um... You see him, his... He gets his big surgery done, where his face can change, but then he doesn't really get to use it, effectively. And he comes off as a really good villain... And you think there's going to be a big payoff with them later on in the movie, and there isn't. So I'll boil it down. Um, oh yeah, I have to say this. Uh, the the Iron Man jumpsuits. Um, the scenes were so CG'd that it just we were just expected to go with it. And uh, I didn't like it that much with those uniforms. Uh... A friend of mine's an excellent point. If you have suits like those, why do you need snake eyes to uh, bail you out once in a while? Um, and why do the guys that aren't uh, experienced get to use them? You know, so it was just it became too superhero, too much like a superhero film at that point. Um, when it should have been about these guys who are uh, very different, charismatic people working in the military and using their skills and personalities to persevere and to beat uh, this evil force. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, they just did a, a big, uh... I don't know. I liked, League, I liked League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Gentlemen. I liked League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But I knew it, it should have been a lot smarter than what it was. It kind of boiled down to, like, a big action flick at the end when it should have been a lot smarter. I agree with that here, to a certain extent. Um, 
so there is a lot of CG, which I guess it's fair to be expected, especially with the underwater scenes. But really, the only things that ended up ended up being that real in the film were Snake Eyes fights, and uh, they weren't really that memorable, unfortunately, for whatever reason. The choreography wasn't as good as it could have been. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, and Cobra Commander's mask sucked balls. It wasn't, I don't know why they didn't go with the chrome mask. A solid chrome mask with the helmet. Or at least the cloth mask. Simple. Sometimes simple is better than what they did, but they're totally going the Darth Vader route. And I understand that, you know. But, uh, I don't know. It was too much like Darth Vader. They should have done something else with his voice. That's my two cents. I'll give it... I'll give it a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. Probably, possibly one of my lowest scores ever. And I'll give it, uh, as far as the star rating goes, 1.5 out of 4. Just being kind. Moving on. Um, just watched Clash of the Titans. And, to be honest, it wasn't quite as bad as the newspapers said it would be. Or, it wasn't quite as bad as the newspapers said it was. And, uh, I thought it was, uh, it had some decent special effects. Um, pretty good fight scenes, although the ending, uh, was kind of short. With the climax there. Um, some things felt a little rushed. But I think that was more of a stylistic choice from the director. As far as some of the battles go. Especially with Medusa. Um... I didn't think Sam Worthington did a bad job. He was alright. Again, he keeps playing characters that are just good enough. I, I can't say it's an amazing performance. I can't say it's a terrible performance. I'm just going to say it's a standard performance. Much like... Much like um, the performance in uh, Terminator Salvation. Just He's there, he does the job. You know, he's very similar to Ben Affleck as far as look and acting style to a certain extent. Although I, I think he's better than Ben Affleck. However, um, I think his avatar role, his role as a handicapped marine or a wheelchair-bound marine was probably his best role. You know, most believable role, I guess. You know, I actually cared a bit more for his character in that than any other movie. Um, that being said, Avatar is very still a mediocre movie as far as story and plot goes. Um, Class of Titans, not bad. I really like uh, Liam Neeson's uh, performance. Uh, as Zeus, I like his armor in it. It's very shiny, <laughs> which is great. Um, I like the setup of the other gods and how they're kind of walking through the earth as they're talking to each other. Ray Fiennes is excellent. There's a few things that weren't really explained or I didn't catch. Um, the beginning of it, he seems kind of injured. Ray Fiennes as Hades. He seems injured and he seems to get better as the movie progresses. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. Um, but I, I did like his performance. Um, and uh, Pegasus was pretty good. They did a good job on the flying horses. The Kraken, not bad. Um, it kind of looked like Godzilla a little bit from the, the new Godzilla movie. Well, I can't really say new. Well, from 1998, I think. They kind of looked like that. So it seemed a little unoriginal there, but that's kind of a tough challenge. Um, 
the actors all had dialogue that was kind of, um, I don't know, kind of modern. Uh, the word bitch gets thrown in there. <laughs> what is it with the word bitch? Ever since X-Men 3, <laughs> they throw it into these big blockbuster movies, and it just takes it down a few marks when they have to resort to that. And uh, besides that, there's a lot of people, you know, roaring, you know, roaring. Or there's a lot of people screaming and yelling out their dialogue. And some of it sounds like, you know, from that era, the old era, classic era there. And then other times it just seems not so much. Um, but uh, I tell you what. Not bad, and not as bad as everyone said it was. They really, uh, Kong-bombed this one, I think. They really, uh, killed it before it had a chance to do anything. And, uh, not nearly as bad as everyone said it was. Not at all. I've seen worse movies than that. That kind of agitates me. That the early reviews could just kill, uh, a movie. And it, it, just go see it for yourself folks. Go see the movies for yourself. Who cares what the critics say? Go see it. For, if you really want to see it for your own decision, go see it. The hell with everyone else. TV news. TV news. I've been getting into um, Doctor Who as, as of late. Um, I checked out... Uh, Um, the last of the David Tennant specials. Um, big spoiler here, so please fast forward through this if uh, you haven't seen these specials yet. But um, they were very—it uh, was a very tough watch. Um, even though the writer uh, Russell T. Davies uh, kind of milks it quite a bit <laughs> as far as the departure of David Tennant's uh, performance, but. Uh, I think it was well done. Um, there's some plot holes. There's some big superpowers thrown in by the Master. Uh, which I liked and didn't like, but I think I liked it. I dug it. What the hell. Um, but uh, the whole counting down to the regeneration was uh, very emotionally jarring for me. And I had a tough time with it. <laughs> it affected me that much. And... Uh, I'll tell you right now, if you're ever having if you're ever having problems in life with a girlfriend or with some uh, girl situation, you watch the last two David Tennant specials, and uh, wow, you'll be cured. But uh, you might have to regenerate, but it'll be worth it because your tears will now be the tears for David Tennant. <laughs> And so I've been watching the new Doctor Who with Matt Smith. And, uh, first episode, really good. Um, there's a lot of, um... Nods to, uh, Superman. And, uh... There's a lot of things that remind me of that. Like, the Marlon Brando image in Superman. And they, they kind of do that with this series with the, with all the doctors and there's a scene where Matt Smith walks out of the images of all the doctors you know and he says you know pretty much I am the doctor now and uh he's good he's good he, he, he hasn't it's not really great but he's good enough to do the job and to carry the, the series um very quirky does a lot of things with his hands um, we'll see, though. I'll give him to the end of the series to, uh, to judge how good he is. But, uh, again, going back and forth between these episodes and David Tennant episodes, David Tennant's just so good. I have to go with David. Still the best. And actually, I think even Chris Eccleson I thought was really good. I definitely thought he was probably the best as well, but I'm still kind of split about that. David Tennant's so much goofy, goofier, and reminds me of a, uh, 
kind of like a English English version of uh, Jim Carrey, you know, as far as his portrayal goes, performance. Um, all right, moving on to comics. Honestly, I haven't bought a comic in months, and a lot of that's due to my tough financial situation. Another part of it's due to uh, moving to a new area and not knowing where the comic shops are. And uh, so this has hurt me quite a bit, although I have dug out some of my old comics for the heck of it, if you can believe it or not. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew was an amazing uh, comic I loved when I was a kid. Um, they had a really cool crossover. Well, first of all, Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, uh, the lead character was like Superman, but he was like a rabbit. And he used his carrots on his belt, I think, to propel him into the air. Uh, or no, I don't think that was it. I think he could jump really far. So it seemed like he was flying, because rabbits can jump. And then... Uh, they had this big uh, purple Iron Pig who was kind of like a cross between Iron Man and the Hulk. And, uh, and I don't think that was his name. Maybe it was his name, Iron Pig. And then they have uh, a turtle that can run really fast, like the Flash. And I can't remember half the names, but um, they team up with uh, the characters from The Wizard of Oz, like the Tin Man. And... Uh, the Cowardly Lion with the characters from Alice in Wonderland and they have to defeat this evil wizard that wants to pretty much rule both of the worlds with this emerald belt that he has and a lot of, a lot of it's still kind of silly now that I look back at it but they still there's still a lot of passion there and there's still a lot of fun moments um, where these uh these henchmen that he sends af after them, like these little elf henchmen, uh, gain superpowers and they try to fight Captain Karatsu crew. And, uh, it is just really cool. Like, some of them turn into, like, a, a big rock creature. Another one can is invisible. Um, they act there's actually a moment where the zoo crew fights the invisible henchmen and, uh, they, uh, team up with the Easter Bunny to uh, defeat them. And the Easter Bunny, he throws his dye, his, his dye for the eggs, color, color eggs into the water, and then he throws the dye at the invisible henchman. And that's how they can see him and they defeat him. It's great. It's hilarious. Good cheesy fun. I'm still reading it. I'm still trying to remember how it ends, but... Uh, yeah, check it out. I got all three issues. Spider-Ham was a spoof of Spider-Man that I really loved. And uh, it really kind of knew what it was. It was a very kind of corny, tongue-in-cheek uh, comic book. And it hit Dr. Doom was uh, a duck. You know, Dr. Duck or something like that, maybe, was his name. And uh, just really cool fun cartoony art um I think it was Peter Porker as, as opposed to Peter Parker and uh his boss J. Jonah Jameson was uh a dog a Hitler dog a dog with a Hitler mustache and uh they even had like the Incredible Hulk was like a this big green bunny it's a good issue where it kind of like has a Captain America cat and uh, it shows the origins of how they all became, you know, these characters, like the Hulk. I think the Hulk bunny became the Hulk inside. He gets trapped inside of an arcade game, and he kind of goes nuts, and he gets really angry and turns into Incredible Bunny Hulk. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's some radioactive element to it, just like uh, the, the real Hulk, but... Yeah, I'm going to have to reread it. It was pretty cool. That was one of my favorite issues. I think it was issue number one or two. I think it was one. And um, I think it had about like a 15, 20 issue run. I still have most of it, so I'll probably be going back to reread those. Those were a lot of fun. Um, 
Well, I think that might be, wrap her up. I think that might wrap it up for tonight. Uh, please check out uh, my skit on YouTube, Muscleheads. Muscleheads. Uh, that's on right now. Uh, I have episodes one, two, three, and I'm sh I'll be putting number four up soon. Well, probably in about a month. And uh, check out my film, Biology 101. A college caper comedy. Um, and also, I'm still looking for animators for uh, a television project I'm trying to embark on with a, a friend of mine. So, anybody has any kind of uh, animation skills, hit me up at my YouTube account. Uh, Mustang Seven War. Hit me up at uh, CJ Calderon. CJ C A L D as in dog E R O N nine at yahoo.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. I had a chance to go to uh, Renaissance Fair and uh, had a really great time uh, met these two individuals from uh, uh, this website called Meetup Meetup's a great uh, website, they're not giving me any money for this but uh, it's where you get together with people with common interests online and uh, we met at the Renaissance Fair and we had a good time uh, I threw some axes I got a couple stuck in the target there on the side. That was a good time. Um, had a weird situation with uh, this guy that wanted to sell uh, red chocolate nuts. <laughs> and he kept going through, and he kept saying to the crowd, uh, Does anyone want Satan's red hot chocolate nuts in the mouth? Anyone at all? And I said, Nay, nay, sir. You, you could take them though, and he's like, and he started laughing. So, good time, man. It's always good to escape uh, from the everyday thing to go check out people in costume. Um, even I even dressed, I dressed up this time. I thought I'd never do that, but I dressed up this time as a French nobleman and even pulled off the accent once in a while as a Frenchman. Um, honestly, unfortunately. Uh, these things are overpriced when you go. The parking was ten dollars. You get in there, and uh, you know this one was in Irwindale, California. So I love the name Irwindale. So I had to go. Anyway, a lot of money, a lot of expensive uh, trinkets and souvenirs and clothing. So really, only time I spend money is if I'm going to eat there or if I'm going to like do bow and arrow. Uh, practice or axe throwing because you never know when you need to do some axe throwing you know maybe at a job interview you gotta kill the competition or something or you know if someone asks you a question you can respond properly one of the things I wanted to do here uh, tonight on my show is uh, talk to you about my friend Timbo he is uh, a very good friend of mine from Michigan that uh, I went to school with. Actually, the same school I went to school with. But he wasn't in my gym class, but uh, he went to the same school. And uh, I think he's also on Lapierre's uh, wanted list. Um, but uh, he calls me up once in a while. You know, he's a police officer. And he calls me up on his way home from work, and he talks about his, uh, his days... You know, he's got some interesting stories so far. Um, where he's kind of, you know, he has to actually apprehend people once in a while. And uh, hopefully those stories will make it on here one of these nights. Anyway, he gets kind of antsy after work and he wants to talk. And, um, you know, relieve some stress, some, some uh, take the edge off, I guess, is what he's trying to do. And so he's he's high energy. He's, you know, he's just got to let it out. So um, 
just I, I you know one night I, I wasn't home I, I didn't answer the phone I must have probably um, been eating or uh, you know just uh, scratching uh, some part of my body um, so uh, yeah he uh, called probably about 15 times and uh, I figured I'd uh, put these messages on air uh, for you to decide uh, for you to see what kind of a maniac he is he's <laughs> now let me warn everybody this is not the most politically correct uh, person or he kind of goes on automatic and he just lets it fly um, if you have any kids around you, you might first of all don't have them listen to the show second of all earmuff it <laughs> um, yeah, he, you know, I'd figure I'd put it up here because uh, he is a listener, so uh, and he's partially out of his mind, and uh, I'll probably have to turn him into uh, in internal affairs one of these days because of uh, his behavior. But uh, well, for better or for worse, here you go.
one a short one get in get out but uh, I have a very uh, special uh, friend of mine uh, I'm gonna give him his uh, intro uh, this will be his uh, first show he's got a little bit of a, like a talk show and uh, he's got a very famous guest on so uh, I'll take it away uh, to uh, to Brad and uh, and uh, I guess I will talk to you guys soon and um as always it's never enough Welcome to the Bradley Keene Show. I'm Bradley Keene. This is my new talk show. Here we're going to be interviewing somebody from the 80s, a good rocker, uh, performer. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Eddie Money. So, Mr. Eddie Money. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I love being here on this show. What is the name of this show again? <laughs> Red King Show. I love it. I love it. How you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm loving life, baby. I know you're a famous rock and roll star, but please don't call me baby, okay? <laughs> you mind if I ask you, how many shows do you like to do? I usually do about 50 shows a year. A year. That's right, that's 50 shows a year. All over the world, baby. <laughs> How long have you played the saxophone, sir? Have you played it all your life? Well, I don't practice as much as I used to, but my mom always said if I just practice a bit more, I'd be okay at it. <laughs> Is it about the, the Eddie shake that drives the women crazy? I put my hands around my own back and I make sweet love to myself like I would be making out with them, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I shake my butt a bit and I'm sure it makes them get all, you know. No, I don't know. Can you elaborate on that? You know, get some feeling kind of funny. Funny how? You know, sticky. What are you doing for money now? Right now, I'm, uh, well, I'm singing for, for commercials, preferably, uh, 
a subway, fun way, those kinds of things. You usually have me sing the, the menu commercials. My favorite is the two-for-one sub-meal. Take it home tonight. That's my favorite. All over the world, baby. Uh, do you ever get tired of singing the same songs? No, I never get sick of singing my songs. They're the best in the world. I love singing. Uh, my favorite song probably is... Uh, Give me some water. Because I shot a man in the Mexican border. That's my favorite. I love them all, though. They're all like my children. You can't just love one, you know. You gotta love them all. Equally. How are the babes? Oh, the babes are doing good. They usually meet me backstage, and, uh... You know, they usually want to do something crazy with me, like sleep with me, but I'm like... Babe, I just want to eat you, really. I'm really <laughs> hungry right now. I don't to go for a meal, so... I usually eat them, and, uh... After that, I, like... I have a dessert chocolate s'mores or something like that is what I do but uh yeah that's how the babes are going you can't uh can't be married in this rock and roll life ha <laughs> you don't say well Mr. Eddie Money thank you for coming down uh be my first guest that's about all the time we have for the show today uh the Brad Keen show Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. And, uh, that was a good test run. Hopefully, uh, the next show, uh, somebody might actually laugh. <laughs> good night, everybody. And in the words of Rod Stewart, Hatsa, Hatsa. <laughs>